to the Informal Podcast. I am Austin Coley, alongside with Sam Lewis. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? It's been too long. It really has. It's been over a week since we last recorded. Possibly the longest time we've gone, apart from when you did a couple of pod specials with Aaron Lewis without us recording. So it's really good to get back on the mic again. Well, we really are just waiting on SeatGeek or uh, Stamps.com to come through with those huge sponsorship check so we can quit our real jobs and just do this full time then you get a pod every day yeah you know i'd like to still keep my real job while we do this um but i'm not going to be upset if me undies came along and offered us millions of dollars to produce this informal podcast so well that's you know, yeah that's undies, fair. if you're out there do it yeah. just come you know you want to you pull, keep, pull you, trigger you keep your job me undies will pay my salary so then i can just record whenever you're free and then we won't have this problem anymore Perfect. Yeah. So we are recording this Wednesday night right before the Sweet 16 matchups tomorrow. And basically, we are just going to cover a little bit of the recap of the first two rounds, which have been run over and over and over by possibly every sports broadcast company in the country at this point. So cover those a little bit and then dive into the six sweet 16 and the elite eight matchups as well as how our brackets have been totally busted. It's terrible. It's over. I lit mine on fire today. It's, <laughs> it's done. Do you actually have a paper bracket with your picks on it? It's right here. You, you legitimately, you legitimately filled it out. I carry it everywhere I go. You wasted Probably 10 minutes of your life filling that out. Here, here's, But let me be honest in saying that the listeners that are listening to this are wasting a lot more of their life listening to us talk. That's not true. We're, we're spitting facts. What we've done, this is genius, stay with me, is we waited three days after the games ended to hear everyone's take, and all we're doing is just streamlining it into the best takes. So really, that's true. you just listen to us and you hear everything you need to know. That's true. I will totally comp to the fact that I have zero original ideas when it comes to this. I just repeat stuff other people say. I will refer once more to the paper bracket (laughs) to testify to the fact that I know nothing about this, but we're going to talk about it anyway. All right, let's get on with it. Let's start with the biggest upset, UMBC over Virginia. I thought you were talking about Loyola over Tennessee, but I guess we'll get to that one later. Yeah, that's not that big of an upset. <laughs> okay, we're truth time. Truth truth time on the informal podcast. Did you know what UMBC standed for before <laughs> they beat Virginia? I had no idea what UMBC stood for before they beat Virginia. When they they beat Vermont in the championship of their whatever conference they're in, I still don't know what conference they're in, but I was literally, I spent way too long in my head trying to figure out what that acronym was. And I would I didn't Google it because I'm a man of integrity. So I wasn't going to cheat. And I never figured it out until they beat Virginia. Prior to contrary belief, it does not stand for you might be Cinderella, which I, I thought it could have been. I, I don't know. I thought it was University of Maine, British Columbia. But, <laughs> I, but apparently it's not. I guess it's not. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, University <laughs> of Maryland, Baltimore County. Well, that's stupid. And ba- Baltimore's not even a county. That's a city. Is Baltimore County the county that Baltimore's in? I don't know. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb name. Sh- 
like why would why would that be the case? Why would you have this county of the city also be the name of the city? I don't know. Is New York City in New York County in New York State? I don't know how this works. So technically, that would be New York, New York, New York. Yeah, and I think we're just going to change the name of the country to New York. So New then, York, <laughs> we're just okay. New York to the okay. fourth. Let's talk about the game. What game? And <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have for you today on the informal <laughs> podcast. Uh, um, they just they outplayed them. I mean, they just completely beat the brakes off of Virginia. Which was, I know they lost their sixth man, but Virginia is such a grinded out team that, like, okay, Arizona lost. We'll get to that. But they're so offensive that you're like, I can see that happening. <laughs> UVC just beat the brakes off of Virginia. Well, they shoot like 60 something percent. I mean, Virginia is supposed to be the team of defense, they're supposed to be the team that, you know, you're doing good if you get to 50 points on them. And UMBC, whatever it is, British Columbia, comes out and just like drops a, what did they score, 80? Dropped an 80-burger on them? They scored like 55 points in the second half? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I heard, I heard that Virginia, on average, was averaging 52 or 54 points per game this year, and UMBC scored 55 in the second half. That's insane. It's like Tony Bennett said after the game. He was like, they just beat us. You know, there's no excuses. A lot of times when you get these upsets in the tournament and it's a, you know, we just didn't make enough shots. We didn't have our best game. They had their best game. That's what I'm going to get, you know, that's what I'm going to say when we talk about Tennessee in a few minutes. That's not the case. I mean, UMBC just ran them off the floor. It wasn't close. It was tied at halftime. In the second half, they blew the doors off of them. So here's the only thing that made sense to me is I was listening to the radio the other day, and Rick Bird, Belmont University basketball head coach, was on the radio. And for those of you who know Belmont basketball and Rick Bird, they have been in the tournament a lot the past 15 years. And they run a system where Belmont is not going to get the top athlete, the one and done, even the guys that the top programs are going to get that they're going to have for four years. Hey, Belmont's just not going to get those kids. Ian Clark would like a word with you, sir. Yeah, Ian Clark, Belmont's prize, okay? <laughs> Second and greatest athlete in school history behind yours truly here on the other end of this podcast. He's definitely the first greatest athlete <laughs> in Belmont history. Um, but he was saying that, you know, a lot of times schools like UMBC – Belmont, schools like that that get players that are actually probably more basketball skilled than a lot of players at big time programs. They just don't have the athletic ability as a lot of the, as a lot of those players do. So a lot of times you get a mid major school that runs a great offense, um, just really schematic, analytical, and has guys that are seniors and juniors that just know how to play and are very skilled. It really becomes an even matchup with athletic young guys that these other pr- top programs have. But Virginia, I mean, 16 beat a one. But it's they, like, they play 50 times, Virginia wins 49 times. You're probably right. It's like the old saying goes. I mean, the guys at UMBC are on scholarship too. But to speak to your point, the guys that go to UMBC, they're, they're all really good high school basketball players. They're just a little bit undersized or a step slow or something like that. But most of the ones that are starting have been there two, three, four years, and they've got all that experience. 
where, I mean, this doesn't hold true as much with Virginia. They don't have any one and dones as far as I know, but when they go up against teams like that, it's like you said, they've got the experience. They just don't quite have the talent, but in college basketball, sometimes that doesn't matter in a 40 minute game. You know, you can get hot from three, you can, you know, play good defense. And in one, in a one game situation, anybody can win even a 16 seed apparently, which, you know, first time for everything. I truly felt like on Saturday night, I guess it was Friday night, Saturday, whatever it was that I was witnessing history. And that's one of the things I love about sports because you rarely get to say that you're seeing something you've never seen before. And that happened, I think, Friday night. And it was beautiful. It was a great thing. It tore up everyone's bracket, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it dismantled everybody's bracket. And what was funny is I didn't watch any of that UVA game because it was way past Austin's bedtime. But I did watch a lot of the UMBC-Kansas State game on Sunday night. And UMBC only scored forty three points. It's a brutal basketball that game. game. It's the worst. Well, thing. I thought it. Was, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I mean, the, just the, the heart that those kids had for UMBC. Like at one point, they were trying to save a backcourt violation for being called, and like three guys dove and saved it. Um, I mean, it, they just left. They played the same five guys the whole time I watched. You know, <laughs> and um, but I mean, they were out of gas. Kansas State figured out how to play them. They were pretty solid defensively. I mean, that game was tight for a long time. Um, so I think we pretty much hammered on the UMBC, as has ESPN, Fox, everybody else. So, but it just, like you said, that is why, that is what makes March Madness so great. That's what makes sports so great, that David can always beat Goliath no matter the circumstances. But this was the final frontier of the NCAA tournament. This was the only thing that hadn't happened before. And now it's happened. And how many the floodgates have been opened? It's opened. How many sixteen over one picks are you going to have in your bracket next year? Two, uh, three, at least two or three. It used to be the twelve over five that you picked every year. Now it's the thirteen over four. Next year it's sixteen over one. It's happening again. Did a twelve beat a five this year? This is the first year that I can remember in my vast memory of sports that the five seeds went four and zero over the twelves. Wow, I love it. It's crazy. 13's the new pick because that's where we're going next, where Buffalo beat Arizona. A lot of people picked Virginia to win the national championship. A lot of people also picked Arizona to win the national championship. Arizona has one of, well, had, I guess, one of the most (laughs) prolific offenses in college basketball. Their offensive efficiency and playmakers were top level. But Buffalo just came in and dominated them. Talking about beating somebody bad, they beat them by 21 points. It was over. I mean, it, this game wasn't close the whole time. And if if you have ever doubted the reach of the informal podcast, I've doubted it in the past. I didn't know if anyone was listening to these pods, and no one might be. But apparently some people are, because I heard from more than one person you know, reached out to me with just just hate and vitriol for how hard I went for Arizona to make the Final Four. And if you haven't listened to the, the preview, the tournament preview podcast we put out last week, don't because it is just it's decimated like every other bracket. But I went pretty hard for DeAndre Ayton to make the Final Four, and um, I've never felt more foolish about anything in my entire life. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, there's there's no explanation. Buffalo got beat by 20 by Kentucky, and around the 32. That should not have happened. Um, 
I don't I don't know what else to say. That was bad. That's a normal I, upset though. I mean, we could you could see that coming. I mean, no, we didn't yeah, not obviously like 21 no, points. No, but I mean, 13s beat fours every now and then and you, what we've learned is you never pick Arizona in the tournament. A lot of people already knew this. We're late to the party, but you never pick Arizona in March. This is believable. I believe that that happened. I still don't believe that that Maine British Columbia beat Virginia. So I think we're talking you know, about two different things here. It's starting to be where you don't pick Tony Bennett in Virginia in March, too. But in the first round? That's a real thing. I know. That's a real thing. I know. I feel it, bad. feel bad for him. He's a but, good coach. It's a good program. But we, we stopped talking about that game, so we should stop talking about that game. Yeah, I guess so. So on that left side of the bracket, going on through – the rest of it was pretty chalk in the first round. Um, you know, Loyola beat Miami on a last-second shot. That was sick. It's ridiculous. Um, Loyola, really good basketball team. Can we talk um, about Loyola? Let's just have this conversation now. All right, just do the Loyola-Tennessee spill. Go I'm ahead, so mad about this game. I, I bought in, all right? Tennessee fans know that we can't have nice things and that just as soon as you think something good's about to happen, the wheels are going to fall off and the most painful thing that can happen is going to happen to you. Going into the first round game against Wright State, I had no doubt that we were going to win. We blew them out. Loyola Chicago, I would have rather played Miami. You know, their best player was out. But I still, I had no doubt. This team's been a rock all season. They've blown out bad teams all season. If they've been, if they were the best team on the court, they've won the game all year long, and we. Not only that, they've had almost pristine injury luck all year. They haven't missed a game from a starter all season, and then our center Kyle Wright or Kyle Kyle Alexander, excuse me, Kyle Wright, Braves prospect. Tune into the season preview, baseball preview coming <laughs> coming soon. Kyle Alexander, our center, our defensive anchor, missed is ruled out five minutes before this game. So right then and there, I'm like, okay, this is a Tennessee thing that's going to happen. Something awful is going to happen here. They come out. They're leading for – Loyola's leading for most of the game. Tennessee's down 10 with, I think, four minutes left. Admiral Schofield hits a three. Lamonte Turner hits a three. Jordan Bowden hits a three. We cut it to two with, like, 30 seconds left. Call a timeout. We've got the ball. Grant Williams, SEC Player of the Year, hits the bucket and one. Three-point play, we go up one, and I know it. 10 seconds left. I know at this point that the game's over because there's 10 seconds left, and they've got the ball, and they're going to hit a buzzer beater to win, and that's exactly what happened. And that shot hit every single portion of the rim and the net and the backboard before it went in, and I blame that old woman. What's her name? Jean from Loyola. I'm so mad at her. Why can't she just let me have nice things? I don't know who who she made a deal with, but... Gene, why? Come on. Why, Give me Gene? one thing, Gene. All I wanted was the Sweet 16. I'm not asking for too much. It's ridiculous. The Vols should have won that game. And then, of course, everyone else in this bracket loses except Kentucky. And we've got the path paved to go to the Final Four, but we can't beat Loyola Chicago. Rant over. Boom. Mic drop. Wow. It... <laughs> That was it was so tough. I mean, a lot of these games are, but you knew Tennessee, especially when Virginia got went down. You're like, okay, you know, Cincinnati also goes down. Arizona goes down. They, I mean, Arizona goes down. You're looking at you're looking I at mean, Tennessee, Kentucky, in the Elite Eight. And we've already beat them twice this year. I have no 
I'm not scared of Kentucky at all. And now Kentucky's just going to crawl to the Final Four, and nothing makes me angry. Yeah, and not only is Kentucky at the easiest road now, but they would have had Cincinnati stand in their way, but they were up by, was it, 20? And let Nevada crawl back into it. And Cincinnati's another one of those teams on this side of the bracket that you think's really good defensively, sort of grind it out, like Tennessee, like Virginia, and yet they go down as well. That piece of the bracket has a 7-11, a 5, and a 9 left. I mean, I obviously don't have either or all four of those teams in my bracket. That would just, those teams got beat up. The, no, the, the big so- dogs got beat up. The South is completely decimated. And, I mean, it just op- the opens the door wide open for Kentucky, like we said, which is fine. I mean, I've come to expect it. Whatever can be the most painful thing to happen to me as a sports fan is probably going to happen. So what else are you going to do? All right, let's go on to the west side of the bracket. The first round was really chalk there. Uh, except for Florida State beating Missouri, the nine beat the eight. Then Florida State goes on to beat Xavier. I didn't put too much stock into Xavier in this bracket. I don't know if it's because, you know, they're, they don't play in as tough of a conference as Kansas and Virginia. and But for whatever reason, I didn't put very much stock into them. No, um, I, I actually had them... I had them winning that game, but then losing to Ohio State, uh, which also lost to Gonzaga. But um, shows you how good my bracket's doing right now. Um, but Florida State beat them by five. They did. I I wasn't surprised by that. I don't think very many people were surprised by that. I think the big the big games in this region were in the bottom half of that bracket. You got Michigan over Houston, which I was a. I'm not going to say it was a great game because it wasn't a great game. It was a last like great last two minutes when you had um, Jordan Poole hitting the buzzer beater to give Michigan the win when it looked for all intents and purposes like that game was over. Houston should have won that game. But Michigan sneaks past them with a buzzer beater. Then lo and behold, Texas A&M upsets UNC, and now Michigan is the highest-ranked team left in that region. So you could legitimately have a 9 versus an 11 to go to the national championship game at this point, which is crazy. It could absolutely happen. And, and I think the best option is a three versus a five. It's crazy. And it's the dichotomy of between the two sides of the bracket are are insane to me because on this left side, when you're looking at it on the piece of paper, on the piece of paper, it is like you said, it could be a nine versus eleven. All both ones and both twos are out. And then on the other side, we're probably still gonna end up with Villanova and Duke, which is what everybody had going into it. So you just can't predict this. Remind me next year not to fill out a bracket because I, I get no joy out of this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but those three days until the game start is so fun. And then, even then, you really don't get hurt usually the first two days. And you're like, oh, dang, you know, I missed 10 games or whatever. But it's really not a big deal until – around the 32 when you just get crushed like or in this case even around the 64 but yeah I, I had North Carolina going to the to the final four in uh the west side of the bracket they got beat bad by Texas A&M Texas A&M is a lot better than I thought they were they're and dangerous I haven't man. watched very many Texas A&M games 
but I believe they'll beat Michigan. Um, they are, they're dangerous. I think we're going a little bit longer than we anticipated going, so let's just kind of – this is more on-the-fly podcast production here. But we talked about in the South region that we both think – I mean, I assume that you think Kentucky's going to the Final Four out of that region. I think Kentucky's going to the Final Four out of that region. Is that right? Yes. Well, let's just go ahead and transition forward region by region here. So you said you've got Texas A&M beating Michigan. I think that's probably right. I think Texas A&M has one of the highest upsides left in the tournament. I mean, the front line they've got, those big guys are NBA Man, quality. they're so athletic. I know. And Texas A&M, they were ranked in the top five earlier this year. And, you know, they had a couple of injuries. They had a couple of suspensions. They start the SEC season 0-5, I believe. But then they finish strong, and they still have all the talent that was on that team when it was ranked in the top five. So they're definitely dangerous. But I think the team to beat left in this West region is Gonzaga. I think people are sleeping on Gonzaga because they made they made it all the way to the championship game last year and got beat by North Carolina. And we still kind of think of Gonzaga as a mid-major, but they're not a mid-major anymore. They're a bona fide power, and they've got a lot of great talent on that team too. They've got NBA players, and now all they got to do is beat Florida State and then either Michigan or Texas A&M. And I think – I just think they're. I think they've got it. I think they're the team to beat in this region. I think they're going to the Final Four again. I'm still sleeping on Gonzaga. I got Texas A&M going to the Final Four out of this, playing Kentucky in the All SEC matchup to get the All SEC matchup the national that everyone championship. Yes, exactly. All right, let's go on to the East and the Sweet 16 matchups. Really are very chalk, except. You might pick Wichita, who is the four, but I think Virginia, West Virginia is better than Wichita. No, I think so, West Virginia was the favorite there. So Villanova against West Virginia. And West Virginia is a better than a five seed. West Virginia is legitimately maybe a three. Um, I think I think if you reseeded the tournament, like if you reseeded these teams that are left one through 16, I think Villanova is number one and West Virginia – might be like number three or four left as far as just talent and you know well-rounded being a just an overall good team I think they're probably the third or fourth best team left this is going to be it's going to feel like a final four game in the sweet 16 I'm sad one of these teams has to go home because either one of these teams could legitimately win the whole tournament absolutely Javon Carter is makes that team go and he's really good but I got Villanova. I got Villanova winning it all, and I've got Villanova winning this game. What about you? Same? Yep, yep, same. I got Villanova winning the whole thing too, which definitely means that you should put all of your Bitcoins on West Virginia because all, we all don't ever doll, get anything right. All yep. of your doll hairs. All of them. Texas Tech, Purdue. Purdue lost their 8'7 guy, so I've got Texas Tech winning this game. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about Purdue. I said it in the preview pod. I don't know anything about Purdue except they've got a guy who's eight foot seven, and now he broke his elbow, and they're not going to let him play with his bionic arm, even though he tried to, because he would kill someone. <laughs> and that's the extent I saw of my a meme knowledge. with him with like an Iron Man arm attached to it. They're like, this is that's why they, they wouldn't him. let him play. The, the Purdue engineers put him in a, a literal Mr. Ro, you know, Mr. Roboto Iron Man bionic arm and he said look guys i can play and the ncaa wasn't having that apparently because they can't have a death on the floor during the tournament <laughs> they t- t- took him down to the boilermaker room and attached that <laughs> thing to him all right so 
it would safe to say we both got Villanova going to the Final Four. Um, Definitely. On this side of the bracket. Even though, you know, I think – I don't really think Purdue will, which means they probably will. Um, <laughs> but I see any of the other three teams uh, being able to make it. It's last to so the Midwest – where Kansas is going to play Clemson, who crushed Auburn like a grape. Um, and Kansas, I hope Auburn gets used to that because the FBI is going to crush Auburn like a grape any minute now. <laughs> it's They're going coming, to get whamped. It's coming. So Kansas is not really good. Penn hung with them. Seton Hall hung with them the whole time. And I don't really – to be fair, I've not watched one minute of Clemson basketball this year, but I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Kansas. I'm the same way. I just assumed Clemson was going to lose in the first round. I thought that was your your cookie cutter 12 over 5. You know, Clemson started out the season hot and they kind of faltered during the ACC. They seemed like a soft 5 seed. And then they beat New Mexico State, crush Auburn, and Kansas is what Kansas is every year. They always win 29 or 30 games, win the Big 12, get a one seed, and then lose in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. So I think that's probably going to happen again. I think that if they manage to beat Clemson, they're not going to beat Duke in the next round. I think that outside of Xavier, Kansas was probably the one seed that the fewest people picked to go to the Final Four, which, I mean, based on the way everything else has gone, probably means they're going to win the whole thing. But I'm with you. I haven't watched Clemson play. I know all I know about them is that they beat Auburn by 30 and – I would not be surprised at all if they won another game over well, Kansas. I'm to not be impressed fair, by Kansas. They beat New Mexico State by 10. You know, they they won that game not by a lot, but had control. Auburn only beat College of Charleston by four. They played terrible in that game. I didn't watch the Clemson-Auburn game, but by the looks of it, I think Auburn played terrible in that game as well. They've got a very specific – type of offense if it's not rolling they're going to get crushed um, did you see after the auburn clemson game they go back to the studio show right with with charles barkley and kenny smith yeah and and i don't know i didn't see this i just heard about it secondhand but apparently chuck was like trying to break down the xavier florida state game and you know how chuck is he's got he's got his orange and blue balloons literally tied to his chair i guess <laughs> from before the game where right. he's all in on auburn and he's trying to break down the Xavier Florida State game. And Kenny gets out a sharp pencil. Sorry about knocking my mic off the table again. Gets out a sharp pencil and just starts popping his balloons oh my while goodness. he's talking. I didn't see that, that no. That is the great it's the greatest show on television. I could I don't even need to watch the games. I just want to watch Chuck and Kenny and Spike Lee and Shaq talk about whatever they feel like talking about. But that's an aside. Continue with the games. I would definitely rather watch them play them and them do that show than Purdue play basketball. 100%. Without a doubt. Well, the good news is you're probably not going to get much more Purdue basketball moving forward. Perfect. So I, I do have Clemson. I mean, I'm sorry. Rewind. I do have Kansas winning that game. And I have them playing Duke. I think Duke will beat Syracuse. Syracuse shouldn't have gotten in. MTSU should, should, not. Have, should have gotten in in that spot, but they got Go in Blue anyways. Raiders. And. It'll be interesting because Duke has been playing a zone a lot this year. And you know who else plays a lot of zone? is Syracuse. Syracuse does not have the athletes it has had in the past on this team. But they did beat Michigan State by two. 
Duke, on the other hand, rolled Iona and then rolled Rhode Island. They look strong. I have them beating Syracuse and then beating Kansas to go to the Final Four. I agree with you. Um, It's going to be interesting, I guess is the word, to watch these two teams go up against each other in the 2-3 zone. I think that Syracuse probably has the better defense because they've been running it longer. Coach K's kind of thrown Duke into this 2-3 zone because all his freshmen refuse to actually play defense. So he said, okay, you just play zone and you don't have to play defense. It's what we do in our rec league, you know, in our in our men's league that we play in where everybody's past their prime. We play 2-3 zone, so you don't actually have to play defense. And that's what Coach K is doing with all NBA athletes. I think Syracuse is probably better on defense, but I think Duke is infinitely better on offense. And I mean, Syracuse is going to try to make it a rock fight like they did against against Michigan State. But at the end of the day, Duke's athletes are going to win out. Duke's going to the Final Four. I think they're probably the second best team left in the tournament behind Villanova. And I think that game is the national championship, that game in the Final Four, Villanova and Duke. Because I don't think anybody coming out of the other side of this bracket has a chance to be either one of those two teams. There you go. So just to recap for you, we have Kentucky and Sam has Gonzaga. I have Texas A&M in the West. In the East, we both have Villanova. And in the Midwest, we both have Duke. So for your info, for the informal listeners, that means you should absolutely place your bets on Kansas State, Loyola, Nevada, Florida State, Michigan, Literally Syracuse, Kansas, Clemson, especially Purdue, Texas oh, Purdue, Tech, yeah. and West Virginia. I so, think what we learned today is Purdue is winning the whole thing. Before we get out of here, let me ask you this. Of, of let's say of the over five, like higher than five seeds left, so not Kentucky and West Virginia, You're looking at Loyola, Nevada, Kansas State, Syracuse, Florida State, even throw Texas A&M in there. You're going to say Texas A&M as the answer to this, but so take them out too. Which of these Cinderella higher seeds do you think has the best chance to not only make the Final Four, but legitimately win the whole thing? I'm going to say Syracuse. Oh, they shouldn't even be in the tournament. They shouldn't be in the tournament, but they've played they've played two pretty good. I mean, they beat TCU as a six, Michigan State is a three, and Bayham has been there before, man. He's won a national championship. Um, no, Carmelo Anthony won a national championship. There's a difference. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony was is infinitely better in college and U, Team USA basketball than NBA basketball. Hoodie Mello. Yeah. But I'm going to say Syracuse. What about you? I guess I would say Florida State, even though I just said that Gonzaga, I think, has a really good shot to – or I think they're going to make the Final Four, and I think they got a good chance to go back to the championship game. I would say Florida State, um, but I kind of like Nevada. I mean, they play they play a fun style of basketball. They got those two twins whose names I can't remember right now. This is an informal podcast. We don't do a lot of research. They got the two twins. They've got the coach who likes to scream F-bombs on national television. Um, and all they have to do is beat Loyola, Chicago, and Kentucky to get to the Final Four. And, I mean, that doesn't scare me at all. My, my position on Kentucky is very well documented, which means Kentucky's probably going to play Purdue in the national championship game. But I think I would take Nevada. Um, I just the think way, they've got the easiest road, and I think they can get hot. So I love that. I love that analysis of a Nevada win 
you obviously know nothing really about Nevada. You know, I haven't watched. I've watched portions of two Nevada <laughs> I, uh, games. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I really I, uh, like that one guy for Nevada. Um, yeah, he's no, really there's two good. guys. He's really They're, good at scoring. Um, there's twins. They've got there's that. Twins. They've got that big guy too. Also, their coach is pretty fiery. Um, Did you see him on TBS after the game? I heard him on TBS after. Yeah, the game. yeah, just in there cussing like a sailor, and then they get him out here with like his adorable six-year-old daughter on TV after that. Like, what's what's he telling her about this? Yeah. Oh, on that note, let's wrap this thing up. We should, we should get out of here before so, I say anything talk, else talk, bad talk, about talk, Sister Jean. Talk, talk a little bit about the pod you and Aaron Lewis have coming up. Lewis and I are going to be recording a pod in the coming days. At least one, maybe two. We'll see how long it takes us. If you know, if I know us, it'll probably go long. We'll have to cut it into two. But we're going to be a three-part series. By it the could end be a three-part series. We'll see. We need to hurry up because opening day is coming. But we're going to deep dive into um, the upcoming baseball season. If you haven't heard our off-season review that we put out a couple of weeks ago. Go listen to that. We're going to... Go listen to it. We're going to give you our division-by-division picks. We're going to talk about some interesting players, some interesting storylines to look out for during this Major League Baseball season. We might even give you a few awards predictions. We'll see. Um, There's a lot of news right now. This is an exciting time to be a baseball fan. Um, We're going to be recording that in the next couple of days. We'll try to get it out early next week. We'll try to you know, give you something to listen to in between the Elite Eight and the Final Four. There's a couple of days of dead air there we'll get it out before opening day which is next thursday it's baseball season i can't wait it's the best sport in the world i agree with you there seriously listen to aaron and sam talk about baseball they know more about baseball than i do and it is my profession so that is saying something we may or may not do another ncaa pod we'll just see how this sort of plays out Um, Pencil us in for a Final Four pod at some point, right? We'll have to talk about it. Maybe after it's over. At least a mini pod. Um, Yeah, sure. This was supposed to be a mini pod, and we're at like 40 minutes. so. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. So anyway, thank you for hanging with us for this long. As always, reach out to us on Twitter at InformalUS and also email us at InformalPublication at gmail.com. I am at Austin Coley on Twitter, and Sam is at Lewis underscore zero six. Peace.